Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. Today's episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money around the world, which is huge for travelers. I've been a customer and a fan for 10 years. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, and they do it all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This service has been so critical for me in my life as a traveler, as a nomad, as somebody living abroad, and you can join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account can help you out on the road at wise.com slash travel. That's wise, W-I-S-E dot com slash travel, or download the app. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Hey, it's Jason. We've got an action-packed show for you today. How to become the hero in your own life, which I think is an ongoing process. You know, as we go throughout our lives, we've get to a top of a lot of mountains and we end up in a lot of valleys and we end up oftentimes maybe somewhere, you know, in between on the side of the mountain going up, going down, whatever the case is. Enough with the metaphors, Jason, right? But we are going to talk about this with my guest who shares five thought reversals, he calls them, that can help you become the hero in your own life consistently as we kind of work through various uh, struggles and things as they pop up. And, you know, I want you to be open for this conversation, depending on where you're at in the woo-woo scale, (laughs) how much you think the universe can or can't do for you. doesn't matter. Going with an open mind. And I think that's always the best way to take in these conversations because that way you can take a lot of interesting perspectives and maybe new ideas away and bring them into your own life. That's what I try to do here. So that's an awesome conversation you're going to get to listen in on. Plus, I'm going to share a guilty pleasure of mine, something I haven't done since I can't remember when, maybe even college, which was a long time ago for me. And it happened just last week. And at the end of the interview, I'm also going to talk a little bit about balance, something that's uh, sometimes tricky to find, but also important for good travel and a good life, right? So all of that's happening and more. It's packed into this show. I'm bringing it to you now. So buckle up, strap in, grab your favorite beverage, relax. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. And we're settling in to a new year now. I think we're all settled in a bit, making our way through what is sure to be another, we'll say, quote unquote, interesting year. But hey, you know, 
life happens. We're, we're just along for the ride, right? So um, I enjoy being on this ride with you. And thank you again for being a part of uh, this show going into the eighth year. Wow. I mean, insane. Anyway, if you have not signed up over at zerototravel.com, you should do so because I have a newsletter over there, share some cool links, we've got some workshops, we got a seven-day challenge coming up, all this stuff's happening off the podcast, and you know, you can't hear about it unless you're on the email newsletter, so feel free to sign up over there if you haven't done so already. You heard at the top of the show all of the things we are covering today, and uh, you know, before we get into this... <laughs> this interview, I have to share this guilty pleasure. I, I, like I said, I haven't done this, I don't think since college, but I actually binged. I binged a show on Netflix, the whole thing, except for a couple episodes I did during the day. And and then I did them all in the evening on January 1st after putting together a bunch of <laughs> Ikea furniture. Ah, the glories of being home all the time, right? And isolating. You get to do things like put together Ikea furniture and you know, set up your office and, you know, do all these crazy homey things that uh, I wasn't sure if I would ever do when I was living nomadically for over a decade. I detested the idea of, you know, even getting furniture or like, oh my gosh, if I have an office, I have to have a desk and that means I'm living somewhere and I won't be able to travel. Oh no. So anyway, uh, I'm far beyond that now. I can definitely see the value of having a home base and, you know, living as an expat here in Norway, I guess I get a little bit of the, the travel feeling, speaking a different language and, and kind of being in a different culture all the time. So there's that. But uh, I got to say, it's been pretty nice to get a proper office set up. I'm looking around. I got an old typewriter here. I've got my old Colorado driving uh, license plate car license plates. I got an old radio, I think from like the fifties, you know, all this cool kind of knickknacky things, not too many knickknacks. I'm still a minimalist, but, uh, it's kind of nice to come into a creative space and, and, you know, be able to throw on the mic and just plug in and share this with you. So anyway, you know, the opposite of creating is binging a show and Cobra Kai season three Cobra Kai, I guess, would be my guilty pleasure. Uh, if you grew up in the 80s and you loved The Karate Kid, you would probably enjoy it. I'm pretty sure this uh, this show was made for the Gen X male. But anyway, I dig it. I think it's pretty funny. And uh, I binged, watched it. So that was, uh, that was my guilty pleasure. What's your guilty pleasure? We've all got some travel guilty pleasures too, right? You know, maybe hitting up that... Uh, that McDonald's on an off day in some random country just because if you're American or, or you know, <laughs> whatever your equivalent of that might be. We all have these guilty pleasures sometimes, and I would love to hear yours. Actually, I'd just love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email anytime, jason at zerototravel.com. I'd love to check in with listeners. I'd like to make this a two-way conversation. And I've been asking people to send me audio, and thankfully they have. And I'm going to share a little clip with somebody uh, after the interview from the community who was out on the road trip and I wanted to give him uh, a few props and it's always nice to hear sort of the sounds of the road and uh, he gives a travel tip that I had never heard before. Never heard this travel tip in my life, never even thought to do it and uh, I'll share his audio. It's just a, a two minute or less sort of audio clip he recorded on his phone while he was road tripping and I'm asking you to do the same. Open up your smartphone, just open up the voice memo app or whatever you got and uh, 
shoot me a note. Let me know who you are. Share a tip with the community. Just introduce yourself. Share anything that you'd like and send it to me via email, jason at zero to travel.com. You can just put an audio message into the subject header and maybe we can get you on the podcast as well. I really love to include people from the community here on the show. So stick around on the back end of the interview for that. And I will talk a bit about balance as well, as I mentioned at the top. But we should get into this interview today, which uh, maybe has a dramatic title, How to Become the Hero in Your Own Life. But a lot of important sort of perspectives and ideas discussed in this conversation and some things that just might give you a different way of thinking about things as uh, my guest Derek Loudermilk brings these five thought reversals and um, you know if anything it's just an exercise in um, you know paying attention that whole idea of awareness or what kind of questions are we asking ourselves and you know what's our internal dialogue and these types of things that can define our external reality and can also you know, lead to more of the things that we want to do in life, which can, of course, include travel if you're somebody that wants to travel. And because you're listening to this show, I'm guessing you're either a traveler or you want to do more traveling in the future. So anyway, enjoy this conversation with Derek. This is me and him yesterday, actually, on Skype. And I will see you on the other side, my friend. Are you drinking mate? I I'm drinking mate and uh, a, it's a mix of runa, which is a guayusa leaf, which is another another Amazonian plant. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you spent time in Argentina? Uh, I've never been to South America, but uh, my ex girlfriend got this for me, and so the so the um, the guayusa plant. Is an interesting story. Just, this, I read this guy's book, Tyler Gage. Um, he started this energy drink company, but basically he was down there doing ayahuasca. And before he could do ayahuasca, he just sort of did a diet where he was drinking this tea. It's like a, it's kind of like, it's just a caffeinated tea. But the you, he started getting visions from the tea, and it's it's considered to be a sort of a master plant that sort of unlocks your ability to use other plant medicines. Um, and so he he's, he figured out a way to bring it to the states. He figured out how to dry it and export it and start a you know a whole new supply chain to bring this tea to the U.S. And um, it's a, it's a really interesting story. So that's what I'm drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm drinking Nescafe instant coffee. <laughs> Heyo. <laughs> so. <laughs> usually my midday beverage of choice when I'm too lazy to actually grind beans and brew a cup of coffee. It's been my, uh, my go-to. <laughs> as of late. Yeah. I used to work for Nestle, by the way. Oh, really? Briefly. Yeah. I haven't had any hallucinations yet or like, you know, any breakthroughs spiritually, but Hey man, you never know. <laughs> well, um, I should give you a little bit of an intro here as we we're probably going to, well, I know we're going to have a lot to talk about, um, and this has been a long time coming. I think we've been trying to get this on the books for, I don't know, way too long. I think uh, I got sucked into the, <laughs> the kid black hole, and you maybe got sucked into the kid black hole, and we, and we were all kind of, then the COVID thing. Anyway, we're here now. I'm with Derek Loudermilk, who helps coaches, healers, and course creators become best-selling authors and global thought leaders. He's got a podcast, right? The Derek Loudermilk Show. 
Is that what it's yeah. called now? It was formerly the Art yeah, of Adventure, I mean, correct? Rebranded this year. Yes. And you can uh, check them out at DerekLoudermilk.com. Anyway, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Jason, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Because I saw on your website that you said you can like grow a beard in the week and you, you have a beautiful big beard now. I'm wondering, did, did you get that last week? Or <laughs> <laughs> I was, It's funny. I, um, I went, you know, in the winter, I tend to grow a beard and get lazy and it just happens that I went to the barber last week and you know, we had to wear a mask. So he was like, okay, you hold the mask on half of your face and I'll trim this half and then hold it on the other half. So this is very awkward sort of like <laughs> dance where he's trying to shape my beard while, me staying masked (laughs) (laughs) doing the beard dance you're in st louis correct yeah and you're one of the few people that said oh i actually really like st louis i grew up here it's a hidden gem there's a ton to do actually a ton of outdoor stuff uh as well so it's yeah it's nice I've 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 done a couple float trips around the loo i can't remember exactly where I feel like a lot of the Midwest can be a bit of a hidden gem in some ways. It's kind of like the place a lot of people just drive through to get to the mountains or to get to the East Coast. That's generalizing, I think, <laughs> a large swath of road trippers. But. It's really fascinating. Uh, we have this terrain. It's kind of like karst topography, like um, you know, Halong Bay in Vietnam, but it's but it's uh, just below the surface. So we have a ton of caves, which is why the brewing the Budweiser is here because they have all these caves. Um, but that also means there's a lot of springs. So we have these spring-fed rivers, which you can canoe year-round, and they uh, they they made it into sort of a a national wilderness park. Um, and it, there's just tons and tons of rivers in the Ozarks. It's it's really cool uh, and, and unique. How long have you been back there? Because you were a digital nomad for a while, right? Yeah, we've been here uh, a year, and. We, uh, my wife, we were in Portugal. We were living in Portugal, and uh, maybe someone who's been on your show, Natalie Sisson, uh, she had a place in Portugal, and she was like, "You can stay at my house," and it was it was super cool. She sold it right after we right wait. After did we you stay in there. the uh, the beach house? Yeah, in the okay, beach. Yep. because I stayed in we stayed in Natalie's. She had like a place in the city at one point there, <laughs> uh, so we stayed there actually. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Small yeah, world. Great. Natalie, thanks for having the houses everywhere. <laughs> Shout out to Natalie. <laughs> so we were going to move to Romania. We we're going to move to Transylvania. And I was super excited about it. And my wife was like, I'm so tired of lugging all this luggage because uh, now we have two kids. And so she said, I, she also really wanted a garden. And that's, that's one of those things that when you look at what are the factors of people that live over 100 uh, gardening is like one of the top three factors. Oh, really? And what are the other it, two? Do you remember? Uh, well, there's a, there's a handful of, there's like, um, community, like having friends that you see every day in person. There's, uh, you know, walking and gardening. Um, there's, there's some form of spirituality or like religious communion that's in there. There's a handful of things, uh, but also, you know, diet is some, some factor, sort of like a mostly veg, vegetarian, but anyway, she really wanted to garden. I like growing tomatoes. So we decided to, to come back to St. Louis. This is where I grew up. And it's funny enough, my kid is going to the exact same elementary school that I went to with the, some of the same teachers still. And they they just like were blown away when I dropped him off on the first day. They're like, is that, are you, when you were a kid? And they did like, who? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Was that at all surprising to you? Uh, I don't know when the reality set in of like, holy crap, I'm living back in the same exact place I grew up after. I've been traveling all over. And I mean, you've done a lot of traveling. You've seen some amazing things, had incredible experiences. I'm sure we'll hear some, some of them today. It's not every traveler that some, I guess, end up back where they grew up and others are like, um, there's no way I'm ever going back there. Like I've seen X, Y, or Z place that has like more of what I love in in life or whatever the case is. Like, was it, how was that for you? Never, yeah, I never expected to be here. And we're sort of kicking around this idea of of being a hero or the hero's journey. And it's really interesting because part of the hero's journey as, as the framework is the hero sort of returns home. And I always thought that that, that didn't necessarily mean like I had to come back to where I was born, but, but there has been this sort of like very long decades long cycle of, you know, living in different places in America, different places in the world. Uh, you know, in, in the States I lived in Colorado and Montana and Minnesota and, and abroad, you know, I've lived in Asia and Europe mostly. And then coming back here, I, I run into people out, you know, from grocery shopping, people that knew me in high school and it's just, it's wild to, to sort of have that. Uh, it, it's, it's a big city, 3 million people, but it feels like a small town because every time I'm out, I see somebody I know, which yeah. is, which is actually really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's overall, it's good to be back, huh? Yeah. And, and my friend and I were talking about this the other day, like you, you try to plan your life and then it just ends up taking crazy turns and uh, which is, you know, probably crazier than whatever you planned. And, as as a good traveler, as a good adventurer, you know, you just kind of kind of roll with it. You know, I really wanted to to sort of give some stability to my kids and wife uh, instead of instead of just because I, I talked to a lot of friends when I when I was starting to become a parent, uh, military kids who who traveled a lot, a lot, and most of them hated it. A few of them really loved it, and they they accredited their um, charisma to moving around a lot, but they had a really strong family unit. And, you know, if they hadn't have had great parents and, and brothers and sisters that they were traveling with, it would have been hard for them. But so I wanted to, to strike this balance of traveling a bunch when they're younger and probably doing a full year of travel sort of in between elementary and high school. That's, that's my current thinking. Um, but then also the, one of the greatest things in life is long-term friendships and you can't you know, I still have friends from when I was a kid and you, you can't go back and sort of get those. So you, you have to have the opportunity to build them in, in elementary and, and high school, uh, which is, which is important as well, I think. Yeah, it's a good point. It's, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot as well as a parent around the same age kids that you have. Yeah. The last couple of weeks, in fact, so this is like spot on with what's going on in my brain. By the way, you mentioned, I will just tease this out. We are going to talk about and share some tips on how to become the hero in your own life. And I feel like this is like an ongoing process because we go through, you know, ups and downs and up mountains and into valleys or whatever metaphors you want to use in life. So this is like, this is like an ongoing thing. And um, I know you have some tips to, to share around this. And I, I always like try to give some good new perspectives on the show. So I'm excited to get into those, but, um, but I want to stay on this for a minute because this is, this kind of goes along with, I feel like a lot of travelers, the mentality is, or even if it's not in the beginning, it can, it can more easily become 
this unconventional approach to life because you you just kind of naturally you you go to different countries and you you start to understand oh like people are living a different way or they do this differently or like this is actually better than they do it at home if you're going to get into the comparison game or it's just oh it's a more of a relaxed vibe people aren't stressed here like here in Norway where I live they have healthcare taken care of so like people are just generally less stressed because they don't have to worry about that so it's like all these things and you realize like every society in this whole thing is just basically a made up thing, right? <laughs> so then you're like, all right, well, how do I process that? And then like incorporate that into my own life. And that's one thing. But then it's another thing when you have kids and you're like, all right, well, how do I like, how do I set them up to kind of be prepared for like the next version of whatever the world's going to be when they're adults. And you know, I've been struggling with this too, because I, I sort of have the same plan as you, this idea of like, you know, start with like a year, like a gap year type thing at some point when they're a little bit older. And then like, if they want to continue it on, maybe we continue it on. Like we have to just see. I've been reading about like unschooling and some of these ideas uh, around getting them out of school and giving them education in a different way, because I agree with everything that you just said. I grew up in the same way, like in the same place, having friends, lifelong friends and things like that. But I also see the value in the other side. And I'm sure you do too, after traveling yourself and having so many conversations with other travelers. So it's hard to settle these debates in your head sometimes. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's, that's where I think um, people get into trouble, uh, parents or entrepreneurs and, um, you know, maybe this is one of the topics we're, we're going to hit on, but people try to think their way out of the problems. Sometimes that works. That works like when you're when you're dealing with um, picking a picking a school or picking a place to travel and then doing all the planning. But then, uh, so so we have a, a nomad that's staying with us right now. He's been, he's been here for a month. He's going to stay for another month. But he's like, should I go to Mexico? Should I go to Canada? Where where am I going to go next? And uh, you know, he's trying to do the pros and cons. Uh, you know all the benefits of all these different places, and and you get sort of lost in the in the sorting process. When a lot of times people would benefit from just stop stop the the thinking and just go with the right decision because you already know what the right decision is, but you're going to try to uh, to to rationalize it, or maybe like it's too far in advance. You know you're like wasting you're wasting time chewing on a thing that's like way down the road, and it's taking you away from sort of being at peace in the moment because um, we're because you know oh my gosh what are my kids going to do in high school well we have no we have no idea that's a really long like uh, a decade from now like we we might be an interplanetary species i don't know uh, so you know i'm actually this is kind of funny i'm preparing i'm i'm uh, parenting like my kid will be a galactic ambassador like like perhaps instead of being a nomad on earth we'll be like going to other planets so what types of skills and how, how would you raise a kid knowing, knowing that? And so that's this fun little game I've been playing with myself. Of like, <laughs> what if we are going to be interplanetary? How do like, I what is the top skill that? you have to teach them? Like how to light a fire or something? Astrophysics? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't know because if the atmosphere is different, you might not even be able to have fire there. Who knows? <laughs> that's yeah, an interesting yeah, okay. approach. Man. That's like a wild kind of reframing. Uh, in, in different, totally different parenting lens to go through. I have to chew on that. Speaking of chewing on stuff, right? Mentally. Um, no, I hear you, man. Like it's, you know, and there is no right decision like in the grand scheme of things, right? I mean, you feel like 
you could say, all right, well, I'm setting my kids up for these friendships. And then, you know, they, you know, get the wrong quote unquote friends. And next thing you know, they go to jail because they're get caught up with, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there is never, you can never truly know how things are going to play out. So just kind of, I feel like with a lot of things, it's just about taking an action and doing it. And then just like taking it as an experience as opposed to trying to, you know, think uh, uh, all of the angles and possibilities and things. And on your website, you kind of told a little bit about your story. It just said, I'll, I'll just quote it here. After getting fired from numerous jobs, dropping out of my PhD program, recovering from failed marriage, I realized I had been living someone else's dream. I set out to construct a career and lifestyle that would let me be the explorer and teacher that I was always meant to be. I asked myself, uh, what does it look like to be the hero of your own life? I'd just love to hear more about that transitional period in your life and how you kind of came out. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, this is really interesting. So I had what most people would consider to be sort of a bunch of, a bunch of bad stuff. I considered it at the time to be a bunch of bad stuff happening all at once. Uh, what maybe I didn't mention in there is I lost my house to a flood. Uh, I had this traumatic brain injury, uh, wasn't, wasn't sure I was going to survive. Uh, uh, it was, it was actually a blood clot. So, so like a, like a stroke, but on the, in the venous side. So, um, I had this headache for weeks and I, it was just getting worse and worse. And I was like, obviously one of those guys is just going to try to tough it through until essentially I was on un, unfunctioning. <laughs> and so finally I went, I finally I went to the hospital and uh, I was even the, the day I was there, I was kind of joking around. I was getting a, you know, a cat scan. They're like, we're just going to look and see if anything's going on, but it's probably nothing. And I was like, yeah, it's probably nothing. And then as I was driving home, they got a, I got a call. They're like, you need to come immediately. Like you could, you could be dying right now come back and they, as soon as I got there they they stabbed me with um this this stuff that's like a blood thinner so that you don't have any further clots um but this clot was like slowly marching towards towards from my brain towards my heart uh and it was like very very shocking survivability rate was only you know like 20% chance of survival and after but how years, long how long was it a 20% chance of survival like was there a window where you're like they they basically were like you you should be dead uh, already they're like we've never seen anyone we've never first of all it's it's uh usually only in women they these guys had never heard or seen of this happening to to a man uh so it's sort of a gendered more common in genders actually hillary clinton got the exact same thing at the exact same time that i did so hers was all in the news um anyway but so you know that that um facing my mortality in that sense uh made me consider like, hmm, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be dying, is this, am I in the right spot? And then when I didn't die, I was like, okay, I can choose, I can pick anything that I want to do. And so, so I looked, you know, my, my relationship and my career trajectory, I was sort of on track to become a research scientist. And uh, it just seems like a very, you know, on the career side, it seemed, wow, my friends spent 20 years sort of fighting to become a professor and then they sort of have to fight for 1% funding rate and, and basically their whole career is a fight. And I was like, that just sounds really hard. And I was, I was in this very obscure field researching the beginnings of life on earth. Uh, I was working in Yellowstone in the hot springs and really cool work. Um, but also like, what, what is the contribution to humanity? Like what, what good is this? Like I discovered a new species. I discovered a new virus that lives in boiling acid. And it's like, how cool is that? It's exactly what I wanted to do. 
And, and I couldn't figure out like, you know, really what the value was other than just for me to have that experience. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. And so, so I started re, um, sort of reconsidering many things in my life trajectory because I didn't have a house anymore. Once I dropped out of my PhD, I didn't have a career anymore. Uh, once, once my marriage, it only lasted a year. So once we split up, I didn't have a relationship anymore. So I was, had this totally clean slate and it was, you know, I think when I got past the very lowest moment of it, which was, you know, all alone with food poisoning in, in the middle of nowhere in, in Indonesia, I was like, Oh, this is the worst. Like nobody even knows I'm here. Once I got past that point, I was like, I'm free. I can, I can be who I want. I can do what I want. And I started, you know, just sort of, sort of building from there. Uh, how do I want to show up? Do I, do I want to have a business? Do I want to work for somebody else? Do I want to, where do I want to live? And, um, and it became this process of sort of creating myself, uh, fresh from, from my late twenties. Um, which, which has been so much fun. Uh, to, to sort of do it all over again, because I, I think what you alluded to is that we, we have these uh, programs or conditionings, like things that we think we should be doing or, or life scripts that we're following sort of unconsciously. And uh, that, can, that can work. You can be quite happy 
but it, uh, a lot of those scripts were written a long, long time ago. Uh, you know, maybe your parents are operating from the scripts their parents had and, and your grandparents. And so you might be operating from a, a script that was written 180 years ago. Well, that's not super relevant today. So you might as well write, write a new script for yourself. Yeah, I like that you use the word fun because when you're in that position, you could, I mean, there's a variety of motions all the time throughout the day. I mean, I think everybody can relate to this because we've all been through various transitional periods in our, our lives. And I think some of the, some of those result in some of our all time lows, right? Like I think everybody's experienced those. Um, but that idea of, uh, rather than taking it as, you know, it, it's, if you're able to kind of in the moment, look at the opportunities and, and think, okay, well, you know, it could be fun to reinvent myself as opposed to thinking, well, uh, like, what am I going to do now? Like, I have no identity. I have no job. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's kind of where you put your focus. Right. And that, that's not to say that those emotions don't come up and you don't have those feelings or thoughts. I mean, this is at least in my experience, but yeah, getting some tools to kind of pull yourself out of that. I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of the point of today's show, because if you're listening to this and you're, you know, maybe you're like ramping up to quit your job and travel after COVID or, you're thinking about starting a business or like maybe nothing's happening right now, but chances are in like six months or a year or whenever, like there'll be this other transitional period. I feel like these things pop up consistently throughout life and it's kind of nice to, yeah, have some kind of things to work with. And that's why I was really excited to talk to you because I know you do a lot of coaching and you know, you've had your own journey that we just described uh, and you've helped some other people with their, with their journeys. So, you know, becoming a hero in your own life as like a sort of a, a basis for being the next best version of yourself or being the best version of yourself on a daily basis as, as much as you can be. What is some of the advice that you would give to others that are going through like a big transitional period? Uh, it doesn't have to be obviously similar to yours. Everybody has their own. Yeah. Ones, but what's, what's coming up for me is this, um, this experience of, uh, you know, I just, this sort of profound realization. And one day I was uh, motorbiking around, around Bali and I pulled up to the, to the beach and I was like, I don't know. Who, I don't know who I am. I have no identity. Like I'm, I'm just here in this moment. I like, I've sort of lost touch with my past at, at, at that moment. And I was like, I can be anybody. I can, I can do anything. And so there was this, uh, you know, I started saying what, you know, what do I want to build? But, but working more from how do I just want to show up? Who do I want to be? And just starting from an identity level. And when you think about it, um, you know, think about a, a smoker, for example, like they don't, um, you don't necessarily have to decide, okay, today I'm going to be a smoker again. And you know, it's just part of your identity or being a non-smoker. It's just, you don't have to decide every day to not smoke. If you're a non-smoker, it's just, it's just natural. So once you have the identity, if I have the identity of, I'm an adventurer or, or I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a funny guy, then all of the things that you do are just in line with that identity. So, so your habits, the things that you think about, uh, who you interact with, all these things sort of follow naturally. So, so working, working from an identity place rather than, you know, uh, I think especially in the West, we have this sort of hustle, hustle culture, like you got to do all this stuff so that you can, uh, you can then be somebody so that you can have something. Um, but it's, it's really a backwards approach. So starting with 
who, who do I want to be? And then that will just bring into your life the stuff. So if you, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, eventually you'll have a cool business and, and a high income and all these things. Um, but just start, just start being and thinking and acting like an entrepreneur in the first place. Mm. Is that identity or is that identifying your core values and using them as an anchor? I would say the values, you can choose the values and they may, they may be in line with the identity. And, you know, when, when you're doing things each day that are lined with your values, um, then, then you're obviously going to be happier more frequently. Um, but, but the identity is, is sort of separate and that's, that's really a place to start from. Um, so, so say you, you want to, um, uh, I don't know. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. So, say you want to be a fit person, your identity level might be like, "I'm someone who who enjoys working out. I'm someone who it's easy for me to acquire fitness or health related habits. I'm the I'm the type of person that um, is able to to structure their day in a way where I always get my workout and eat healthy. So, working from that level, and once you sort of own that, then all those things become easy. And there, so you may have right a value of feeling great, or you, you may have a value of um, you know getting getting to move your, your body, and that's tied in with the identity. But they they're slightly separate, I would say. Yeah. So that that approach is kind of like the thing that jumped out to me. It's it's this idea of rather than sort of trying to become a particular type of person over time, it's like it's more about just like staking your claim as that person right away. Right. It's be like, all right, like I'm just even if you're kind of like having to tell yourself and it feels like a lie in the beginning, eventually maybe it feels like the truth. Right. It's like, all right, I'm a, you know, I'm an outdoor enthusiast, even though you maybe you just want to get outdoors more, but you, but you don't really do it. But just by kind of staking your claim as that type of person, then the actions follow. Yeah, and here's here's the crazy thing is that our brain um, can't can't really tell the difference between sort of uh, a daydream and and the actual physical reality we see. Um, it sort of interpreted all as equally true, and so you can you can go in and I, I teach this to my clients. You can go in through through self hypnosis, like a guided audio or something like that, and you can actually tinker with your identity from the hypnotic state or from the sort of like daydreamy state and you can reshape your identity you know in a few minutes each day uh to sort of be the person you want and then the the things you do uh all of a sudden you know a, a few weeks after uh, of doing this uh you're like okay it's just natural for me to to plan day hikes or plan little adventures and wow i'm, I'm just being i'm just showing up the way that i program myself and so you're getting in there in your subconscious mind uh, and really and really working with the subconscious rather than the sort of the thinking mind. Hmm. You have this interesting cross section with your work. It kind of meets at the crossroads of like science and metaphysics or spirituality, whatever you want to call it and travel in some senses, right? Or adventure. Uh, and, and for a lot of people that's travel. I do want to talk about that a little bit, but I, I want to get into these five tips that kind of tie in with the, this overall theme of uh, how to become the hero in your own life kind of consistently. And I, I think you call them thought reversals. Is that right? 
Yeah, this is a this is a concept that I teach um, my my business clients, and a thought reversal basically is um, zig when everybody else is zagging, or or what is the prevailing wisdom, and is that really true? It's kind of like the scripts we were talking about, and so so there's something that I see a lot, and and so part of the reason we travel is right because we uh, we think it'll make our our lives better in some way, it'll make us more happy or full of joy and wonder and all these things. And in the West, we have uh, this focus on money and everyone's in entrepreneurship. Everyone's trying to hustle and work hard and earn more so that you can get the things and the house and all these things. It's still this social sort of program that we're operating under. And so, so I was thinking about that and I think that people's focus on money and I'll just sort of, sort of catchy tagline would be like your focus on money is keeping you poor. Well, what is, what does that mean? If we, if we look at what is abundance, abundance is being able to do what you want when you want to do it or do what you need when you need to do it. And money is, uh, enables that of course, but there's all these other elements that if you look at a good traveler or a good adventurer, they're using many more of these elements. And I see I see our relationships as opening the door to most of the ways that you can get abundance. So there's other so so if we look at that idea of being able to do what you need to do when you need to do it, uh, you could just somebody could just do it for you, right? They could just say, I'm just gonna give you this house, or I'm just gonna give you uh, this suitcase instead of you going out and buying it. So right, there's there's gifts and there's exchange. Um, there's barter, right? So, uh, if you, if you're, if you're a coach and somebody else is a healer, you could just swap, uh, without any money being exchanged. So there's, there's trade, there's, there's ideas. So there's your own creativity, but there's also access to, uh, ideas through a podcast like this one or a mentor or a, a business mastermind or something like that. So maybe, maybe abundance is a combination of the right idea the right relationship and a little bit of money. And that's how you do the thing you need to do when you need to do it. Um, yeah. So the, I guess ideas. the kind of takeaway there is just the money isn't always the answer to get to achieve the abundance that you're looking for. Right. And there's so maybe also just thinking about it in a different way. Like how can I maybe get this without, I remember I interviewed a guy once who like he started with like a paper, uh, I was a paper clip. I don't know. There was another guy that did. There were a couple guys that traded from oh, like, the trading. Yes. Yeah, like a paper clip, and then they ended up like getting a house in Hawaii at the end or something. So, and just we, by we trading. played that game. Uh, I yeah. I thought when when I was first uh, dating dating my wife, we actually played that game as sort of like a couple's relationship building game. Uh, and we ended up tra- we we made like a handful of trades, not all the way to a house, but we ended up getting uh, sort of the highest thing we got was like a nice Arcteryx jacket, you know, like a four hundred dollar ski jacket, which was which was pretty cool, starting with a. It was a, a rubber band instead of a paperclip, but that was a that was a really fun game, right? And there's there's no money involved at all. Um, but then another part of it was sort of good luck or identifying opportunities or being in the right place at the right time. And there's these this element of synchronicity that um, when you're looking for it and when you're paying attention is just is just as useful for for overall abundance as money and, and these other things. Mm. All right, cool. What's your next, the next one on the list? We talked a little bit about 
you know, how we were planning for the future and uh, how we were trying to sort of uh, either either decide where to go with, with writing a pros and cons list or thinking our way through uh, business decisions or parenting decisions. And what I've, what I've come to realize recently is that, um, you know, you might have heard of the law of attraction or manifestation. Um, and when, when people want something in their life, a lot of times there's all kinds of thoughts that come up like, okay, I want a new, I want a new house or I want to be able to move abroad or I want to take this trip. But then immediately what comes up is, can I afford that? Or how do I make it happen? Or, uh, am I allowed to have that? Or, you know, who am I to, to want this beautiful new car or any of these things, right? And you immediately get into all this like mental chatter that sort of naturally comes up. But if you can leave that behind, if you can just stop worrying about how to solve the problem, the problem will generally just solve itself. Uh, and, and so, working from a place going back to identity, right? Like who, who do I need to be and how, how do I need to feel? Like, let's say I already had that nice car. What does it feel like to be that person? Uh, and just sort of living your life from, from there. Um, so one thing that I would like would, would be a sweet Lamborghini. Um, and so, so what is it, what does it feel like to be somebody who pulls up to a place? Would you though, and, would you like a sweet Lamborghini? I, w- I would really like a sweet yeah. Lamborghini. Ideally, <laughs> Ideally, uh, slightly in the future, so the hover hover Lamborghini. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but I think they look pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. but so the so the the best part about having a Lamborghini would be me pulling up to a parking lot and people being like, "Dude, nice car!" I'd be like, "Yeah, I love it." And it's like having this friendly interaction with people and just sort of enjoying life. And so I can do that right now. Uh, I can't, you know, I can pull up in my cream colored minivan and, and be like, "Hey guys, that's so cool." And just be that person with the rad Lamborghini before it arrives and, and stop sort of worrying about all the steps because, again, life is so unpredictable. You can't, you can't sort of think out all the steps. And you know what? The universe might have different plans. It might get me a Lamborghini much sooner than I, than I was planning. Somebody may, might leave one to me in their will or I might win a raffle or who, who knows, right? Um, when, you try, when you try to sort of outthink the universe – you're, you're just, you're combating against infinite possibilities. So, um, and so, so a lot of people are, are just really working on the, the mental side, the, the chatter. And as a scientist, I fall into that trap as well. Like, okay, what are all the steps? Uh, how, how am I going to be a millionaire? Okay. Step one, um, like, oh my gosh, there's 10,000 steps to being a millionaire. But instead of who, who do I need to be to be a millionaire? Uh, well, that's, that's much more straightforward because I can, I can work from who would I be if I already had what I want, the fame, the riches, the, you know, the podcast is as big as yours, uh, uh, all these things. So I I do feel like the other approach has its place though, too, because on some level there are certain problems that they, they will not solve themselves, right. Unless you think through them because they need they need attention in some way, right? Like the bill doesn't go away because you just want the problem to solve itself. But incorporating the other elements that you're talking about is, it's like, don't just think through it. When things seem to work out the best, there's this sort of combination of practicality and then like 
it's like a, a duality, right? It's like practicality and non-thinking, like sort of simultaneously in some way that kind of helps the solution come more organically, I guess, is the only way I could describe it in words, perhaps. Because some things I think through and then that, that can be more of a struggle. Sometimes it's easy. And then taking the other approach, sometimes things just magically happen. And it's like, wow, that like actually just happened and I didn't have to do anything to fix that. Uh, actually, I'll give you a great example. I just got my box of stuff from Colorado. I like used to live there and then I moved to Norway and I still had like this place and I was renting it out and now I sold it and I got my stuff or my friends got my stuff down to like two boxes and they sent it to me. Anyway, I have like this coffee maker here, this AeroPress coffee maker and it's got a little filter and it, the filter just disappeared. It's like, how could this filter disappear? You can't buy these filters, whatever. I forgot I had one in Colorado. So the box came up and there was an AeroPress in it. I was like, hey, I've got the filter now, you know, like that was an example of like, oh, cool. This problem like solved itself and I didn't have to do anything to solve it, you know, and those types of things happen to me. But then there's the other side where it's like certain things have to be thought through. And I, I think you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. So if you're like writing uh, an email out to your newsletter, right, you're writing copy or you're you're thinking about how to... Um rebrand or something like that, right? Thinking through the option, what are the best ways to say this and, and really uh, using your focus. Um, but then that sort of, you know, if, if you just let the problem go, right, all of a sudden now you have a filter. And I, I as I was learning about all this stuff last year and, and I, in my experience as a scientist, I was really interested in uh, sort, sort of these magical things that I've been experiencing around the world and, and sort of what the scientific underpinnings were. So I spent the last few years studying that. And I did this experiment last year of uh, what if I didn't think about money at all? What if I just sort of stopped thinking about bills for, for a month and uh, not sort of like planning, you know? So I set everything up to be automated. And then I didn't look at my bank account or money coming in or out, except that uh, every day money just arrived from some, some crazy surprising source. It was like, some, some of it was clients, but some of it was uh, you, there was a, this, <laughs> this is so funny. If you ever played Monopoly, there's this card that says bank error in your favor. You, you get a hundred bucks. That happened to me. I got a bank, bank error in my favor. I was like, what? And then it was like, you, you won a beauty contest, $15. All this weird started happening. So for 16 days in a row, uh, last, last year with sort of by stopping thinking about money, money arrived from some unknown source for 16 days in a row. And I was just like, this is so crazy how this is working. Uh, and it was just, it was just like really amplifying that sort of good luck, serendipity, trusting side of things. And it, it, you know, all those amounted to probably, let's say 20 grand of money that I couldn't have sort of planned or thought through. And that sort of really validated for me, uh, sort of how, how these things can happen without you actually setting it up or without you planning for it to happen. So what was the scientific underpinning that you discovered around that? Well, so one of the fundamental laws of the universe, the law of attraction is that it's, it's working no matter. Uh, so whatever you have in your life, you have attracted into your life. And so if there is a lack of something, you've, you've attracted that into your life as well. And so when you're like when you're looking at your bank account and you're like oh, I wish it were more, you're you're 
uh, basically operating from a place, uh, a level of consciousness where it's like, I'm, uh, there's not enough. There's, there's some fundamental flaw that I don't have enough money, enough security, enough safety. And because your attention is on that, because your focus is on not enough money, that's essentially creating uh, on a quantum level, uh, a, basically you're, you're creating a quantum field with your thought. And so it, it, uh, like when you, when you play a note on a piano and it would resonate with another piano at the same note, you're basically bringing that, you're resonating with that same field. And so this thought pattern of not enough money is resonating with the field of not enough money and you continue to get more not enough money. So if you, instead of saying, instead of just, so there's, there's actually two steps. One, stop thinking that thought then what is the thought you replace it? So most people would really benefit, and this is why I say stop thinking. If you're paying attention to the things in life that you don't have enough of or don't want in your life, you're essentially bringing more of them into your life. So just simply stop paying attention to those things is gonna be the biggest step for so many people. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all, I've done the pour over, I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago, and. Immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years. I don't even remember how long it's been, and they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. The first one, just to recap, was not focusing on the money, right? This is the thought reversal, right? If you're focusing on the... I forget how you phrased it. You can remind me. Uh, I, I just, you know, come up with these funny, funny little headlines, like focus, focusing on money is keeping you broke. Oh yeah, that's right. And number two, what's the the headline for that one? The headline for that is, um, let's say, who, stop who trying to be... think your way out of your problems. Oh, I think oh, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yes. Stop thinking. Okay. And then <laughs> let's go with the the third one. And the third one would be, uh, who who would you be if you already had what you want? Okay. And working from there, because because so much so much of it is about your attention. And, you know, we, we talked about how you can, you can shift your identity by sort of hypnotizing yourself and, and tinkering in your subconscious and, and changing your identity. And that, 
changes how you show up in the world. But how do you know what identity to pick? How do you know what identity do you, you want to show up? Do you want to show up as uh, as an adventurer? Do you want to show up as um, you know a, sort of a wise parent? Do you want to you know what is the identity? And then and then you can simply look at well what is it what are the kind of things that I sort of naturally want and who would I be if I already had those? Who would I be if I already had the Lamborghini? Who would I be if I already had been to every country in the world? Who would I be if I already had a million dollars? And what does that, you know, what does that feel like if I, if I think about it? If I was a millionaire, I'd feel very safe and secure in some ways. I would feel um, some pride of accomplishment. Well, I can just start being that way now. And so be, because there's so much of our life that's dictated by what we're paying attention to, if we are paying attention to how we want to show up instead of the lack in our bank account, well, then we're, we're going to have so many things falling in line with, with just where we're placing our attention. Okay. And, uh, let's, let's just hear two more really quick because, um, not really quick, but you know what I mean? Cause I had a couple more questions for you not cause I'm trying to rush you, but yeah, well, here's some things just to think about is, is that moment I talked about when I was on the motorbike and I had no identity and how that, how that was such a free moment. Um, and, and then coming back here, you know, my parents have like boxes of stuff from when I was a kid. And <laughs> right. so, so it's like an identity slap in the face, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, well, that's, that's not really my identity. So, so I would say, you know, if you, you, you'll have more freedom, you'll have more power if you can detach yourself from your past and that, and the extreme would be just getting rid of all your possessions, right? And uh, you know, just becoming someone with with no past. If if the past is preventing you from being who you want to be, or if if it's tying you down in some way, then what would it be like to just live in the past? Because because the past really isn't real, right? Because all we have is just a continuum of present moments. And according to physics, time isn't even real. It's just like all exists all at the same time. So, you know, just, just thinking about what, what if you were someone with no past and no past identity, then, then it allows you to sort of be fully present. And so that's another point is just, um, what would it, what would it be like to, to be someone with no past or no history? The, the fifth point I might throw out there that, that you probably haven't thought about is um, when I work with entrepreneurs, again, they're trying to, a lot of times, hustle and grind their way. They're trying to work their way through a problem. They're trying to spend 14 hours a day. And what happens is people get burnt out, especially if they're traveling, especially if they've, uh, they're doing the digital nomad thing or they're trying to build a life and they're, you know, I, I, I just see this a lot. It's just like you could, you could work your way into the ground if you just try to hustle to grow a business. But what you really can be doing, what's really going to accelerate you is to to be lazy. And I learned this some, from some of my CEO friends. Everybody's cheering right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't think about that. Be my lazy, <laughs> yeah. I can get down with that. <laughs> and what I mean is that when you invest in creating more time for yourself, when you create systems for your business, or when you uh, stop doing 
things that aren't important or when you learn how to delegate or properly hire, all of these things. So, so some of my good CEO friends, you know, they manage them, 100, 500 people in their companies. They're actually sitting down for focused work just a couple hours a day. And they're leaving time open for fortuitous conversations or to, to have a difficult um, decision or, or something like that. And I remember, I remember reading about Obama when he was in office, he wouldn't make any decisions. He would just, he had this system where he would eat the same thing. He would do the same sort of workout time. He'd wear the same thing, black suit every day or whatever it was. And so his first decision of the day was of sort of national or international importance. So he's not wasting any time on that frivolous stuff. And so he's being sort of being really lazy with the, the minor things. Um, and you can do this in your own life, in your business, you know, automate all your finances, uh, prepare your meals for a week in advance, eat the same thing every day, uh, you know, and then have, you know, if you, if you're a business owner, you hire a VA and everything they do, they systematize so that they can teach to somebody else and your business will scale without you even having to lift a finger and just really operating from this place of, uh, how would, how would a lazy person do this? La lazy programmers, people say a good programmer is a lazy programmer because they won't try to you know, brute force it. They'll just figure out uh, a solution that allows them to sort of like set it on autopilot. And, and then you free yourself up again for synchronicity, uh, meeting the right people, having opportunities come into your lap, having um, space for ideas, creativity, and all of these things. So, so I would say an, a lazy entrepreneur will, will become a successful and, and rich entrepreneur. A lot of the stuff, uh, it ends up circling back to like the type of questions you ask yourself, right? So how do we ask ourselves better questions? Yeah, because a question, anytime you ask a question, your brain starts trying to find the answer. You, it's, it's like, you know, that's what coaching is a lot of times is you're directing someone's attention with a question. So, you know, a question that I might say while I'm coaching is, well, have you, have you considered the consequences of doing it the same way? as you've always done it. Oh, all of a sudden they're thinking in that direction. It's just, it's just your pointing attention. So if you can master the questions you're asking yourself, then you can master your attention. And fundamentally you are where your attention is. So how do we do that? I mean, how do we ask our, how do we go about asking ourselves better questions? Like I'm somebody who wants to improve the, que improve the questions I ask myself because I know that it will improve my life. Do you have any thoughts on, on that? Questions. Uh, obviously, you and I are both interviewers, and, and we get to play around with, with asking <laughs> questions. I yeah. think I think probably the sort of the questions that people are asking themselves without thinking about, like you know, why why am I uh, <laughs> why am I so uncomfortable today, or why am I so broke, or why am I unhappy? Well, the answer is, or you know, just more reasons why you're unhappy. Um, Rather, like if you change the question, why, why am I so happy? Why is today so amazing? Why am I so lucky? Why, you know, um, it's kind of in how you, how you frame the question. And as you get into the practice or habit of framing things in a, let's just say a positive way, it rewires your brain. And for most people, the thoughts they're thinking today are very similar to the thoughts they thought yesterday. So, but if you sort of rewire the circuits, if you continually 
sort of put questions in there that lead to answers that you want, uh, then eventually it just sort of happens. Sort of subconsciously, the questions just pop in. Um, but that can take some some habit building, some attention at first. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, awareness, it, a lot of this stuff comes back to awareness, right? If you're aware of the questions that you're asking yourself or more aware of the fact that your your intern, your internal dialogue is, you know, part of that is is made up of questions, right? And then what are those questions? And then it's like you have to be, almost become aware of those things first before you can even change them around or, you know, even think about sort of reframing them. All this stuff's interesting because it's just a lot of this is just happening inside of us, right? You know, we can have a podcast on travel. It's not just about, hey, go see this and do that. It's a lot of what's happening when you travel is happening internally, right? And I think like some of the things that you mentioned today are things that travel can amplify, right? Like lo- like losing your identity, for example, or what if there was no, I mean, it's almost like there's a reason why I think the, the sort of travel stereotype for some like that maybe solo travels like i'm gonna go travel and find myself and it's like well maybe not but maybe some of these things that we talked about today are a bit more amplified and because of that you know you you start to uncover some new parts of yourself right like you know you go to a new place and you're a solo traveler like nobody knows who you are you're a nobody they don't they're not associating you with a job or with uh, any past that you've had whatsoever, it's just like kind of built in to travel in many ways, right? Which is why I think like travel can be a really powerful agent of change. I wouldn't say if you want that, but like if you're maybe open to it, but not expecting it. Yeah. It's like shaking the snow globe in, in a sense. Um, at home, you, you're, you have this pattern um, and it's, it can be very freeing, right? If nobody's expecting you to be, a certain way. Um, but it also, right. As soon as you land at a place with a different culture, a different language, your, your brain is having to like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's learning all these things, just trying to, trying to make new patterns or trying to understand the world. And that's, uh, that gives you a head start and sort of reshaping the actual, again, working from what is the, of, of how this all works. Um, you, you get to start making new neural connections as soon as you land in a new country, uh, which means you can start creating new patterns of thought. And this is where your science kicks in, right? Because you're like, hey, I know this from a scientific perspective. This works. Like, the, uh, now you have scientific reasons to travel, too. I'm just trying to give people as many excuses as they, they need or want to travel. Yes. Yes, I love it. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more things, and then I'll let you go. What is something you've recently learned about yourself? I'll just, I'll just tell a little story to see if this kicks some ideas. We, <laughs> um, I, I would really love to, to have special powers or magical ability somehow ever since I was a kid. Um, and I, you know, try to try to do this all through, through science. We recently took a, my wife and I took a little getaway to Sedona, which is supposedly full of magical vortexes and people make pilgrimages there to, to experience these. And we went to every single vortex. I mapped it out. I was like, we're going to do it. And, and it was amazing. And I didn't feel a thing. Um, but my, my wife uh, basically got this sort of vortex flu from, from going to these places. It was like an energetic overload for her. And what I learned was uh, she's, she's much more sensitive or magical or in tune with uh, sort of other dimensions than I am. 
uh, so I was, so I was really hoping to get, get some sort of superpowers from these vortexes, but really it was just like, just like normal. I was just hiking and, and, you know, in the wilderness. That was, that was fine. Um, well, listen, uh, watch your back because if you, uh, you know, if you don't do the vacuuming or, or something you're supposed to do, your wife's going to turn around and just start like, <laughs> she might use some of those magic powers against you, I man. Know. That's all I'm I saying. Know. Watch. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> well, she told me when we met, she was like, Hey, uh, I made you appear into my life. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, I magically made you appear into my life. And I was like, me, I was here all the time. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so, this, <laughs> wow we, we should have we should have pulled her onto the podcast to hear that story that's great <laughs> um well man this was fun um yeah i just a couple things first i just wanted to you maybe you could leave us with some uh some of your thoughts around travel like if anybody's listening and and you want to share some uh just some of your best advice around travel, we could say maybe your best uh, piece of advice around travel and I'll just leave it open like that. Cause that can be a lot of things. And then, um, then you can let us know, let everybody know where they can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, this, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is when, when we would move countries, especially across many time zones with the kids, my wife and I, uh, I had this formula I made up. Basically, if you move, let's say six time zones, you need six days before you you sort of integrate in, into the new place in terms of how your body, your circadian rhythms and all that stuff, going back to the biology of how you're operating. But what happens is you you get into more arguments. You get into more frustration of like, oh, why isn't this working? And if you know ahead of time that you're just going to have a week of stuff not working well or arguments, then you can be a lot more kind to each other. You can give each other a lot more leeway uh, and, and I think there's, there's some, cause people, people try to force it. They try to, you know, land on the ground and start seeing sites right away. And, and all of a sudden it's just like, ah, overwhelming. So just, just, um, being aware, right. You're a biological entity and, and, um, what can you do to sort of be kind to, to yourself in terms of, um, in, in your relationships, but also, uh, you know, just, just letting yourself land for even a week if you, if you move to a new continent um, can, can make things much easier. So we've had a lot more peace when, when we start, uh, let's say, say being more gentle in that, in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, just uh, kind of building in the mental buffer, be like, all right, we know we get tired, you know, and things are going to be a little crazy. I like the time zone rule. That kind of gives you a nice concrete sort of number to work with like three time zones, three days, six time zones, six days. Very cool. I haven't heard that before. Cool. Where can everybody find you? Yeah. Uh, Derek is my website. You can uh, find the podcast, the Derek Laudermilk show from there. You can learn more about the, the work that I do with uh, thought leaders and uh, also just, you know, a bunch of random uh, fun facts about me and things like that. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Glad we finally got to do this and jam a bit on the mics and uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Go have some uh, toasted raviolis for me one of these days. Over hey, the it's the St. Louis Streets. <laughs> yeah, Jason, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. All right, take care. There you have it. Thank you very much to Derek for stopping by the show. I'm glad we finally got to connect. The man has a beautiful beard, I must say. As a guy who has a, a patchwork of hair here and there, 
and I still can't really grow like a full gorgeous beard like Derek. I gotta say, I had a little beard envy. I had a little beard envy. <laughs> anyway, I uh, really appreciate your time today. I just wanted to wrap up with uh, a few things that I mentioned I would discuss, balance, and of course, I wanted to share in this audio clip and give somebody a shout out in the community, and that somebody is uh, Jacob, who whipped out his phone and recorded a little message for us while he was rocking down the road uh, on a little road trip, and... He shares a, a tip, a travel tip I've never heard before. So I'll let you listen in on that, and then we'll come back in just a second. Dude, Jason, what's up, my man? Hey, I'm Jacob from Texas, and I'm currently on a road trip from about 30 minutes south of Dallas, you could say the Dallas area, all the way to Montana. Took a seven-day road trip just on a wild hair, I guess. So I've learned a lot of things. I'm on day, uh, I believe, six now, heading back towards Texas, coming through Utah. And I came across your podcast probably a few weeks before I left. I've been listening to it on the whole trip, pretty much. And it's very informative. Uh, It's very entertaining, and I love it, man. just wanted to reach out to you and and let you know that. Uh, I have learned so much on this trip, and I have done so many different things. and I got a, loop, a few tips for for other people if they're out and about and they don't have uh, a lot of resources, I guess. Uh, one little small tip I have picked up is if you do not have a sharpener, like a knife sharpener, on your travels, but you have a vehicle, you could always use the top of your window. So if you roll down your window a little bit, you can use your window as a knife sharpener and it actually works it's pretty cool so if that's all i can give to you guys or to you jason uh or to communicate to to the community uh so be it man that's awesome but i just want to reach out to you and uh let you know man this is a exciting adventure i had never done anything like this before but uh y'all have a great day and i'm on the road Oh, yes, the sounds of the road. <laughs> and uh, It's always nice to hear. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for taking the time. And yeah, I never knew that. You could sharpen a knife on your car window. Very cool. And you mentioned this was the first time you kind of did this thing, maybe just jumping in the car and driving to a place that was unknown or I don't know if you didn't know where you were staying along the way or whatever, but the, you know, the spontaneous travel experiences, man they're sweet. So I wanted to include this also because it's a little inspiration, right? Hey, we're, we're, a lot of us are self-isolated, but if you feel compelled to get out there and be safe, of course, but take a spontaneous road trip or something like that, you haven't done that in a while, there you go. There's a little motivation for you hearing Jacob uh, out there and the sounds of the road. You know, maybe you're going to turn around and, uh, Start packing a bag and you know, hop in the car or do something wild. Anyway, I encourage you to do that. Of course, I encourage you to do that. Let me know if you do that and uh, or you just want to check in. Again, Jason at ZeroToTravel.com is my email. Oh, so sweet. So sweet to get these audio messages. And I, I want to thank everybody who sent me audio messages recently as well as I keep uh, loading them up into the folder so you can hear more of these coming out on the podcast. But in the meantime, send me yours. I want to hear your voice. Check in. Let me know what you're up to and uh, please get in touch. 
before we go, let's talk a little bit about balance, you know? That was one of the things that kind of came up a bit during this conversation. And just thinking about how important it is. Going back to, you know, kind of awareness and awareness around the balance of your days. It's so easy to either live in the past or live in the future and kind of miss out on finding balance in the present, right? It's not easy. It's, it's, it's an endless battle. At least for me, it is. And, you know, the same is true when you're traveling, right? When, when you go out on the road for a long time, if you're somebody that's going out for a gap year or, you know, you're doing the nomad thing or you're just traveling long term, or even if you're just traveling for a couple weeks, balance is key. If you pack your days with sightseeing and just doing stuff all the time, it just can be exhausting, right? It's just kind of like going about your day and always checking your phone or always kind of like distracting yourself or needing to do something all the time. We need to have the balance. We need to have the yang to the ying, right? And, you know, for me, living out on the road, say for months at a time, those balance days might look more like, hey, maybe I just get up and I do laundry today and I read a book and I don't see anything. I don't even talk to anybody. I don't interact with any locals. I don't do any quote unquote travel-y things or, or sightseeing or anything like that. Maybe I just hang around my hostel or hang around the hotel or wherever I'm staying and do sort of normal everyday life stuff. Yeah, catching up on laundry, maybe writing a letter to a friend, maybe heading down and get, getting a bite to eat, heading down to a kiosk and, and getting an ice cream, whatever the case is. Just chilling and not having to feel like you're traveling all the time, whatever that means. So, uh, you know, it's tough sometimes to find balance at home. A lot of us are working from home now. And trust me, I've been doing it for a long time. If maybe you're new to this with with COVID and everything, uh, but I, it's always been a struggle to separate the work from the sort of the not work, right? The, the turning off the work brain when your office is at home. And I've learned over time how to do it, how to shut it off and, and kind of uh, not carry it with me all the time. You know, it, it's harder even when you love your work. Like I'm excited to go in and record this podcast for you. Gets me, gets me pumped up, gives me energy. Uh, but also... Some things about work don't always give me energy like anybody else or certain things you just don't feel like doing. And we don't want to be in front of screens all the time. But at the same time, we can't really go out and do the things that we always that we necessarily want to do right now. And so that goes back to balance. I just wanted to bring it up because, again, it's just something to think about as you go about your day today. I wanted to leave you with a takeaway, trying to find some balance. You know, be like the karate kid on the end of the boat, trying to find that balance and be gentle on yourself, right? Go easy on yourself. Let's all do that. Let's all agree to go easy on ourselves, uh, if not uh, for this week or the rest of our lives or next month or whatever, at least for today. We can just do it for today, right? And uh, let's find that balance and take care of yourself. And, you know, go do that spontaneous trip if you feel like it. That, that would make me happy. Let me know if you do. <laughs> okay, let me reach into my little bag of tricks here, the quote drawer, and pull out a, a little quote to end this show. Let's see. Give me one second. Uh, uh, you know, I'm only finding a pad of empty papers. Here we go. From just one candle, you can light a million candles without putting strain on the first candle. 
from one awakened being, you can set light into a million souls. So powerful is the light. That's from Muji. So I'll leave you with that. And thanks, my friend, for spending a little time here with us today. You're much appreciated and look forward to seeing you again next time. Peace and love. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.